0: and hello once again this is Jay Taft with your weekly sports podcast not just a game and we are here this week with another fun guest Far, far away, we're bringing in AJ Wentland, a star linebacker and defender from Harlem who has gone all over the world with his football game. We're going to have him break down uh, his exciting travels over the last couple years and then the crazy chaos he's been through the last couple months. Um, AJ Wentland, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Is the family healthy? Everybody good right now?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jay. Um, Yeah, the family's healthy; everyone's happy back home, and um, luckily we're able to talk a lot through basically what we're doing through Zoom and through WhatsApp and things like that. So, um, yeah, on on the family end, everyone's happy and and healthy, which is for you know I'm fortunate for that. So, it's
0: a crazy time we're living in right now, and that's the key. Is you know I'm asking all my guests right away, are you healthy? Um, Yeah. It's it's just nuts. Before we get into um, everything that's been going on with you and and around the world travels here in the past couple months, flashback a little bit. Give give us a little synopsis, a little overview on your career, even go back a little bit to Harlem. I know you were a star back at Harlem. Um, And then uh, how did you get to Germany? And then we'll get to how you got to Finland.
1: Well, uh, I'll take you back even a little, a little bit further. Um, you know, I started playing football when I was eight years old. I played for Nelson storm, a local team in Rockford and, um, born and raised in Rockford, lived in Mcchesney park, North of Rockford and, um, played for Nelson storm a, a couple of guys who did well throughout the area. Also played there, which was awesome to see that kind of, you know, them grow. We kind of grew together through the process and we ended up kind of playing against each other in high school, actually. Um, And, uh, you know, I went to Harlem. A lot of those guys went to different schools, whether it was Guilford or Boylan. Um, So it was kind of cool to see those guys grow and play together and then kind of play against each other once we got to high school. Um, And like you said, I went to Harlem, um, played football there all four years, um, three years on varsity. And uh, as a sophomore, kind of got through into the mix a little bit, got to make some plays. And then as a junior, I really got to, you know, excel and kind of find myself at the inside linebacker position. And as a senior, I got to play a little bit of both ways, but mostly focusing on the defensive role. And, um, yeah, from there, uh, we had a pretty you good season. coach
0: at, at Harlem when you were there?
1: It was uh, Coach Jim Morrow. He was Jim. Okay. Yeah, Jim. Yep, and he was he was my coach for all four years that I was there. And he was there when my older brother was there. And Jim's a great guy. And actually, speaking of, of Coach Morrow, he actually came to visit me in, uh, in Dresden last year. So it was a pretty cool experience and he really enjoyed that. It was really cool to see him uh, come out and, you know, kind of
0: see what everything looks like. It's a lot different. Um, I'm sure he he really appreciated seeing one of his young mentors and, and getting to go visit him in Germany. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. 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 It was really, really cool. And um, so yeah, I played there for four years. It was an awesome experience. Luckily I had the opportunity to, um, have a scholarship to a division two school, smaller school and near St. Louis, uh, McKendree university. Mm-hmm. And, um, from there, I, I was kind of a bigger fish in a small pond. I, I grew a lot really quick, uh, got in the weight room, put a lot of weight on from, from being in high school, put on about 20 pounds and, um, got on the field basically right away as a freshman and, um, sophomore year ended up breaking some records at McKendree. And. Every year after that, I kind of broke my own record consecutively and um, ended up having some, some looks with the NFL, had, to, had a pro day at Northwestern, um, which was an awesome experience within itself. And then um, from there, I didn't know if I was going to play anymore. You know, I was just, you know, I started working, living a normal life, uh, stayed actually down near St. Louis, and I was, just had a job. And um, I started having teams reach out to me from Europe. And that's when I first realized that there, was, that there was even football in Europe. I had heard of it a little bit, but um, when I started talking to coaches was when I first kind of realized that it was going to be an opportunity for me to go over and, and experience that. So went with Dresden and uh, Coach Olsdalber and went with him just because he had lived in the U.S. for 20 years and he coached for... I believe it's – I think he coached for Platteville in Wisconsin, so Division three school in Wisconsin. So I felt comfortable just because he knew the area that I was from and um, he had experienced uh, coaching at the college level. Um, so pulled the trigger, went to Dresden 2018, and had a pretty good year. 2018 had a lot of fun seeing another culture. Um, you know, playing
0: yeah, I want I to want hit on that. I know it's a couple of years ago, but golly – what give us an idea of what kind of culture shock that was? I mean, you didn't know anybody there, did you?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't know anyone exactly, and I knew it was going to be all new. It was it was a new experience, and uh, for me, I had never been out of the U.S. You know, I I've only you know my whole life growing up in Rockford. I, you know, I've done some traveling throughout the U.S., but never even stepped foot on you know any foreign foreign soil. So going to Germany the first time was, was really, really cool. Um, yeah, just the way everything looks, um, public transportation is different. Obviously the language is different. The way people interact is a little bit different and, um, yeah, it was also new and, and I really loved it right away. And, um, the, the, the coaching staff and my manager really took care of me, make sure, made sure that I felt good and felt like I was at home. But other than that, I really enjoyed kind of being out of my element and, um, also having that, that, that professionalism with the football is really, really cool as well, where you can just focus on playing ball and training. And every day you can kind of go explore and, and see the city and try new foods,
0: meet new people. So it, it's been really, really cool. What was some of the big, bigger differences that you faced when you went from the U.S. to Germany? What was some of the things that just jumped out at you? The, the um, language, I assume.
1: Yeah, it, it it was there was a lot. I mean, first of all, just the language, like you said, um, is is big. But thankfully, most people speak English pretty well. It's the world language, and especially the younger people are are really good with English. And playing football, we speak English, you know, all, pretty much the entire time. You know, sometimes the coach may speak to the German players in German, but other than that, it's a it's an American football sport, so we speak English to each other for the most part when we're out there, which is which is good for us. That helps. Um. And then, other than that, just just the way um, people interact on a, on a, in a daily, you know, on, on the daily with um, you know, people don't drive as much, people walk much more, and you take public transportation, and the public transportation is very convenient. Um, so, just getting used to those things, taking taking the bus to practice and taking the bus to to the gym and riding your your bike everywhere um, is just is quite normal, you know, and. It's something that I, that I enjoy actually about when I'm in, in Europe is the the cities are very dense and so it's very easy to get to get to, to places nearby with walking or taking tra- public transportation. Um, I'd say those are some of the biggest things. And other than that, the food is a little bit different.
0: Now um, you're out of Germany now, so you can you can talk freely. What were the people like there? What how how did you how did you find that it was what was it like dealing with the folks out there
1: germans are are really cool people and 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 everyone that i've dealt with in europe has has been amazing but sometimes you know germans are also stereotypically a little bit angry sometimes and that's true you know if, if you don't follow the rules they're very strict with with the rules say for example um at a crosswalk if you uh, see a red light for the crosswalk in America. Sometimes you may just go if you don't see any cars. But Germans are very strict, and if they're if it's a red light, it doesn't matter if any cars are coming. They're all going to wait until it turns green. And if you go, you might get uh, chewed out a little bit by some of the people just because they whatever the rule is, they are very strict with it, and they don't like to see people bending the rules in any manner, um, which is good. You it's know that that's trouble. that's a good thing I'd say, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, they'll 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 let you hear it too, you know. And uh, sometimes, like I said, Germans can be a little bit aggressive and angry. But it's I wouldn't say it's a downfall. It's just part of their culture. And and um,
0: and, and when you're you talking Europe, about different, when you're talking about COVID nineteen, that rule following mentality probably worked out quite well. Um, yeah, give us an idea of how transition into that COVID period. Um, you took Germany just like. Um, McKendree, you took it by storm. Uh, You were setting records, just tackling machine 206 records, I think, or 206 tackles. I think they had one of the seasons, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Insane. So you were just owning that league, uh, and then kind of work us through what happened then coming into this latest season.
1: Um, so yeah, so basically in the off season of 2019, going into 2020, um, they allowed me to stay in the apartment that, that they had given me for the season. So fully paid apartment, which was awesome. Super grateful for that. And they hooked me up with a, with a job. And that was also a really cool experience because I got to kind of see what it was like living in Germany, working a typical, you know, nine to five job and um, having to learn the language more um, because some of the people that I had worked with weren't as good with English. So I got to learn a little bit more um, of the language. And then just training with the team in the offseason, preparing for 2020, just like any other season um, that you would that you would play. And um, you know, I don't think anyone really saw that the whole situation coming. You know, I, I think everyone kind of was caught off guard a little bit. And um, I can remember going into work. I think it was the second week week of March, and they basically told us, "Hey, we need to start to prepare for a lot of different situations. We don't know how this is going to play out, but they basically." started just for my job for example they started to split us into shifts so that we were that we weren't all in at work at one time and that's just one small example of one small company in germany so i know that throughout the entire country they took a lot of precautions and um just to make sure that not so many people were in contact with each other at one time and um for example i think you know everywhere shut down throughout the entire world at that at that point in in march um and so i think it was two months where there was no gym um, the only thing that you could do was go to the grocery store, things like that. And I think it was a hard time for everyone. But, um, you know, I just was at home working out a lot. And luckily, it didn't, never got too bad. We were still able to go to the parks and hang out with one other person so I could go with my girlfriend to the park or to the river and just enjoy um, being outside together. Um, but like I said, the Germans are very strict with the rules, and you didn't see any large groups. You didn't see anything for those two months. So after when they started opening things up, now people are able to kind of enjoy themselves a little bit, but they still take the precautions.
0: A little siren going by.
1: Yeah, um, sorry about
0: that. No, you're good. It gives us a feel for what's going on. Um, yeah. What you The football season hadn't started yet in Germany? Right. Right?
1: It had not. It had not. We were literally two weeks out from flying in the rest of the import players.
0: Wow. So it was on the verge.
1: Yeah, we were just about to get everything running, get, get everything started. And then, um, and then yeah, everything kind of shut down. And our coaching staff and general managers, they all kind of just put messages out to the team and said, hey, we don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know if it's going to be two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, whatever. Um, let's just hang tight, continue training. Obviously, the gyms are closed, so let's work out at home. And if you can go with one person, because like I said, in East Germany, we were able to still go outside with one person to a park. Um, so they said, you know, you, if you can make it out and train with a teammate. And that's kind of how we took it at the time. And then as, you know, as we see through through time, we ended up eventually uh, inevitably canceling the season. Um, and that's how I ended up coming to Finland.
0: Now you're talking about the German Pro Football League 1, correct? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I think we've talked about this. I mean, I mean, it's kind of pretty well known as maybe the third best pro football league in the world, right? NFL, Canadian.
1: I'd say so. so. I think obviously the NFL is number one, CFL, number two, and then GFL is right there. And they also, from what I've heard, there's a Japanese league that's I I've heard is very good, but I think with the Japanese league, it's very, they don't bring in as many import players. I guess they keep it strictly or not strictly because they do bring in Americans, but it is mostly Japanese players. And, um, I've heard that that's also a very good league, Um, a little bit tougher to get into. um, But I'd say Germany and Japan are probably battling for that, that third league. And I think it's really interesting just to see how, how big football has gotten throughout the whole world. You know, it's not only in America anymore, it's starting to
0: grow in other countries and it's amazing to see. You bet. It's been fun to follow you. And, and which brings us to, so you're sitting in, in Dresden, all of a sudden the, that league is, has canceled its season. And we're just talking about a couple, a week or two ago, two weeks, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. When they finally made the decision. Now you had told me that you were kind of had been talking to um, whether it be a GM or a coach or somebody from Finland. Was there other countries that had shown interest in you as well? Was the, the Finland team the only one? And then how did that, you know, happen so fast? Wow. Yeah,
1: it, it was a very spontaneous decision, like you said. And um, I was trying to hang with Ger- Germany and, and my team in Dresden for as long as I could. Um, obviously, I was signed with them for 2020. And they were very optimistic that we were going to be able to play at least some type of season, some type of short, you know, a smaller season. And um, But as time went on, we kind of figured out that it wasn't going to happen and that the, the league inevitably had to to close down for this season and so they could still hit hit everything full force for 2021. And um, with that being said, Germany wasn't the only league that canceled. There were you know Italy canceled was one of the first leagues to cancel in their seasons a little bit earlier. Italy had canceled. Germany was one of the last ones that canceled. but basically every league in Europe is basically canceled now at this point. I think now there's a league in Switzerland that's playing, right. but they're, they're, they have rules, for example, where they are only playing with only Swiss players, no import players. so so the, the leagues that are playing are mostly basically playing for exhibition now at this point if they are able to play. Um, except for basically Finland is the only league left. So Why I really is got that? lucky. Why is I that? think it just I think it just has to do with um, Finland not having a very high population and they never really had a very high case number with COVID. So I think that they were very fortunate because of that. And be, and with that being said, they're now able to play and, and they're not playing a full season. We're only playing half of a season here. Um. So with that being said, they're playing five regular season games, and then they're going into a three-week playoff period, basically, for the, the Maple Bowl. They call it the Maple League here in Finland.
0: What an opportunity, though. I mean, you must have thought here a couple weeks ago. I know you were in touch with the folks at Finland, but, even I mean, everything was shutting down, and sports is just so hard to come by right now. Um, yeah. Did you see this in – and just be like, I gotta jump on this. It's like the last league in the world right now that's playing
1: ball. Yeah, it almost seems like that, and yeah, like I said, it was super spontaneous. And I was talking with Finland or the, the, this team, Kuopio Sealers, since since May when they first started pushing the league back. We had been in contact, and you know, I'm just grateful and, and very thankful that that they allowed me to come on such in such short notice. You know, I I basically told the guys as soon as they reached out to me in May that if the, if the league closes down, then I'll sign right away. Um, so the longer I waited, the more, or kind of more pessimistic I was that I, you know, I didn't think that they would take me at that point because at this point now it's, it's already August, you know, and, um, but once they, once the league closed down, they, they signed
0: me right away and I hopped on a flight two days later and, and flew out to Finland. They've already played a couple games, right? I think you missed one game and then you had to sit out and watch one last weekend or something,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. So I missed the first game, unfortunately. And then with the league rules, um, a new import player has to sit out one week. So, but it was nice to be able to see the pace and see the differences of what it may be like playing here compared to Germany.
0: What did you see? um, What was that? What did you see? What is the pace? What is, is it a different game? It's, I mean, it's It's still pretty similar. They, they run
1: NCAA rules, um, still football, um, but I, I'd say there's just a little bit difference with with the level of coaching and organization with between the GFL and Finland. Finland is still a little bit below Germany league-wise, but this year is definitely a very interesting year because since Finland is the only league playing now, they've pretty much picked up all the, all the, the good players from Germany or all the, the good players who are in Europe Thank
0: you. basically waiting around. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I got lucky, you know. It is. It's it's taken a step up in talent level because of what's going on around the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Since this is the only league playing, like
1: you said earlier, uh, there's a lot of eyes on, in Europe on this league, and I'm really happy that that I have the opportunity to play. And uh, like like you said, not a lot of people are able to play sports right now, so I think it's good, and hopefully, um, people back home can tune in and watch and. Um, you know, give them something to see and and watch while uh, you know everyone's waiting until we get back to some some type of normality.
0: What's Finland like? Gosh, you're just getting all this world. Yeah. You're just soaking it all up. I mean, not only with the football, but you're really getting a, a life yeah. lesson in what's out there.
1: Yeah, it's it's been really really cool. Um, every country is completely different, and um, going to Finland. First and foremost, I can tell you that the people are super friendly. I could say that this is maybe, out of every country I've seen, this is probably the most friendly uh, group of people that I've, that I've been around. Um, they're just very welcoming.
0: Up on the football field
1: what's that on the football field?
0: Yeah. Maybe on the football field, it's
1: a little bit different, but (laughs) yeah, off the field though, they're, there's, they're awesome people. Like everyone is very welcoming. They just want to show you around and they're very, they're very proud of their country too. They're, you know, everyone that I've met has told me a ton of stories about the history of Finland and um, how the sauna was invented in Finland and all kinds of, you know, they're very proud of those type of things and how in the middle of the summer, there's almost no nighttime. And in the middle of winter, it's, basically night 24 hours you know it's dark complete you know completely dark for 24 hours so they're very proud of their country and i really enjoy that and um and yeah not only finland since i've been in germany i've been able to travel to you know all over europe i've been to spain i've been to italy uh the czech republic prague um i've been to copenhagen denmark and all over germany and um, it's, it's it's really, really cool being able to go to Europe. And I always recommend to any any of my American friends, if, if you have the opportunity to go to Europe, you should go and just see as much as you can because
0: it's completely different than, than the U.S. and um, something that I think everyone should, should do. What an experience. And you've just been riding the football ticket. Um, yeah, it's been a great opportunity. I think football has given me the opportunity to come
1: here and Um, without football, I don't know if I would have ever been able to go to Europe. And, um, like I said, with football, I've been able to live in Germany and now I'm living in Finland and we'll see what happens next. You know, I think it'd be cool, cool to continue the, the journey a little bit longer and, um, you know, eventually get into coaching.
0: Yeah, that was my, my final question for you. What does happen next? Um, especially in the near future. Do is there plans to go back to the German Football League One? What was? How did you leave it with them? What do you, I know? Everything's up in the air for a little while with COVID and with the situation. But what do you think? Yeah, I think everything was super uncertain
1: at the time. But since you know now, I kind of have a path that I can kind of see what's what's going on now in the near future um Dresden was super supportive of me going to play because obviously we're not playing in Germany they know that I love to play and they know that it's a passion of mine so they they fully supported me on on pulling the trigger to go to Cupio um which was awesome and they really want me back for 2021 um so that that's awesome to have that support back at Dresden because I love Dresden you know they've given me a ton of opportunities and um it's been amazing playing there the last two seasons and obviously I was signed to play there this season as well but no one's playing in Germany. So they were fully supportive of me coming here. Um, they, my job is still lined up in Dresden for when the season finishes here, um, middle September. I'll probably head back to Dresden probably the third week of September. Um, and I was hoping that, you know, if things get better in the U.S., hopefully I can go back home and see my family. But like you said, everything's still a little bit uncertain. With that, I don't want to go back to the U.S. and end up being stuck there. Um, because there are sometimes, you know, where countries get political where they may have travel restrictions for Americans if, you know, if there's a, or any country that has any kind of outbreak with COVID. So I'm hoping that things get better so I can at least come home and visit my family for a month. And then um, from there, look forward to 2021 because I definitely still have some, some uh, playing time left in me.
0: And, you know, get it while you can. Right. The window does not stay open long for that sport, does it?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I think I still have, have one in right now it's a short season, then next year I think I definitely have one in me there. And then from there I kinda think I'll I'll see what's what, what may be open with coaching at that point, you know, going into I think twenty twenty two would be a good time to probably look into coaching and start my career with
0: in that in that sense, you know. So interesting might you coach overseas somewhere you've got so many connections now Jeez. yeah
1: I think it would be definitely be an option in Europe it's a little bit harder to find those full-time gigs though um you know Dresden has full-time coaches a lot of teams in Germany have full-time positions available um so if I got lucky enough and found one there it's definitely a possibility. Um, but I think that I would like to go back to the U S and get into uh, coaching at a college level or um, at a high school. Um, I have a, I have a lot of uh, coaches that I'm still in contact with from, from college and from high school who are all over the place. You know, I have coaches from McKendree who are now at Missouri Southern and um, coaches all over, all over the country uh, that I've, you know, luckily maintained contact with and good relationships with. So, I'm confident that, you know, when I start looking into coaching, I can, you know, find something to get my foot in the door and um, maybe start coaching, you know, a position group and eventually kind of build my way up to a coordinator,
0: maybe someday be a head coach. Gosh, well, cool. you've built quite a resume as a player. Um, and that's... And that, that, yeah, that, that helps with coaching. Oh my gosh, that kind of resume resonates in life. And just yeah, yeah. what you've been through and and all the experiences, um, I got a feeling you'll be an easy interview. Uh, yeah, and I hope so. gonna, Yeah, there's going to be some programs going to want that experience uh, on their side. Uh, AJ Wentland, Harlem, McKendree, Dresden, Quopio, right? Yeah, exactly. Very uh, good. Thank you so much. That's the road. This has been yeah. great. I really, I, this is... Such a fun breakdown to hear about all your adventures. We could do this for, you know, a couple more podcasts. I assume we may have another one coming. So stay close. Keep your Zoom Zoom handy. AJ, thank you. Stay safe, and, and we'll be following you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Jay.